You know, you got to make these last-minute uh, adjustments to everything. That's what I'm doing. Good morning. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. So I have a question for you. If I walk up to you and I say to you that I am a fork, does everybody around us have to agree with me? Should I hang out at the salad bar? And should I expect other diners who may show up to uh, grab me to, you know, you know, spear their salad and get it in the bowl? And if I get passed over for other silverware, should I be able to sue for discrimination? Or if somebody has me a, if they call me a spoon, do I get to, you know, I get to call the government and they get to step in for and call you a bigot for misutensiling me? Well, of course, the very plain and simple, sane answer to that is no. Then why should a man in makeup and address be given extra legal rights to sue anyone he sees, you know, who, who looks at him and says, you're a dude in a dress and makeup? Why should rational men be expected to allow mentally unstable men to use public restrooms with their wives and their daughters? Why should parents be expected to, you know, hand over their children's welfare with psychologically troubled men who have sought out jobs at schools or amusement parks and daycares? Uh, why would government agents intervene to support the fantasies of people inclined to mutilate their bodies and traumatize others with their deceptions? And the biggest question is how can any government out there maintain any sense of legitimacy for any period of time uh, when it embraces insanity as reality and condemns reality as imaginary? Those are all good questions, huh? <laughs> I think they're good questions. Now, for a long time, psychologically balanced people have done their best to ignore the government's increasing stupid psychotic behavior. And in some cases, we've even gone along with it because it was easier to do than to get out there and start a revolution. Like when I had to wear the filthy paper mask over my face to prevent the transmission of viral particles that were smaller than the actual, you know, the, the, the uh, porous surface of that mask so they could come in and go out. And, uh, and also, of course, I was also told to believe that was Trump's fault. And so instead of you calling the cops and me having to get into a gunfight with you over a mask, I decided to play along. But that has a, you know, when you're psychologically healthy, that's not going to get you anywhere. Every time we make a concession to insanity, they make to government authorities, they invent a half dozen new insane demands. Like when everybody decided to exercise their First Amendment right to assemble and petition the U.S. government on January the 6th, all of those people were unarmed. They expressed no interest in overthrowing anything. And it was a totally violent insurrection, just as bad as 911, the Civil War, and Genghis Khan. Joe Biden, when he remembers how to say it, he swears that it was darn insurrectionists murdered five or ten or maybe 50 police officers that day. Another stupid example of playing along 
Uh, the United Kingdom is now telling government employees that they must actually believe in the transgender delusions flooding the workplace every, you know, every day with the cray-cray. It's no longer enough to merely play along. you got to believe. Say it with feeling. Using the unbalanced person's preferred pronouns does not sufficiently demonstrate one's submission to the coercive state. But if anybody's wondering, my preferred pronoun is totally awesome dude. Back in the days before the mentally unwell were put in charge of the West's mental health organizations, if you played along with the delusion, that was discouraged because that would enable dangerous and self-destructive behavior, which it still does to this day. And now refusing to play along can get you get you in trouble. You can get fired. How long? How long before those who should be committed to the institutions instead commit sane people for not pretending <laughs> to believe in this make believe? Sometimes they make the choice between you know it's between reality and a paycheck, and then you know people have to get paid. It would be a small comfort if this kind of in, in, insanity remained isolated in the leftist enclaves that manipulate the minds by manipulating language. But right now, um, you know, recently the recently anointed Nikki Haley, as they were trying to make more for her case that she is really good at what she sh wants to be, she got asked if a man could transform into a woman. And somehow or other, she couldn't answer that because she has gone along with the crazy. Now, the ruling class defends all these government-imposed delusions as some sort of justice. It's always some sort of justice. We're always seeking some sort of justice. When you think about it, governments have done what, what they've done to justice, what delusional men do with castration, boob jobs, and hormone therapy. They're mutilating reality in order to play pretend. In the name of social justice, the San Francisco Democrat-controlled government has responded to a rising violent crime uh, problem in the city by attacking police officers as white supremacists, even the ones that aren't Caucasian, and they've reduced the penalties for and enforcement against violent crimes. You know, economists say if you want more of something, subsidize it. And because citizens and business have left the defenseless, they've been left that way against organized theft, they've had no choice but to move away. And now the remaining residents are finding it difficult to find and or maybe steal basic necessities, and they're very upset that grocery and convenience stores refuse to be perpetual victims. You think the Democrats have learned from that one? They demand food justice because of the left's perversion of languages, indoctrinated several generations now with this whole malevolent disregard for others, and no idea of what justice actually means. Then uh, the Biden administration, is uh, he's been going after the New England lobster and fishing industry and the and. This is all pursuit in the pursuit of ocean justice. Now, normally, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to go too, too, uh, you know, use colorful language. But what the hell is that? It's the Democrats' way of implementing costly green energy programs while playing the race card. <laughs> There's ocean communities with a significant portion of people who are Black, Latino, Indigenous, and Native American, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander. They are disproportionately affected by ocean-related health and environmental harms and hazards. So we have social justice, racial justice, climate justice, and ocean justice. And they all come together. It means a lot of people who make their living from the sea are going to lose their jobs so that the race hucksters can harm families and pretend to fight white supremacy.
So now we have this instance where justice loses all meaning and injustice becomes pervasive. And the delusional behavior is celebrated. And honesty is outlawed as bigotry and insanity thrives. And the Western government's pushing this stupid nonsense that is physically and emotionally harmful. What, you know, why, why are they doing it? Maybe it's because those with power find it useful to sow the division and subsidize madness. I've told you numerous times. If we ever get to the point to where we look at them instead of each other, we've just solved the issue of the government overreach. It's just getting between those two that's going to be the issue. Coming up next, uh, you know, when, when during the, during recent times, they've gotten out there and told blue-collar workers they need to learn how to code. The next people that are going to be deemed redundant are going to be the technocrats. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Everything always comes full circle. And things are about to come back around very shortly just because of the way they're evolving at the moment. JS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um, and I am streaming not only on the WORD Facebook page, but also the Instagram page and Rumble. Is that right? We're not streaming on Twitter this time. I've always wondered why you would stream on Twitter, to be honest with you, but we're not streaming on Twitter. That's fine if we don't. I listen, I don't care. I don't use it at all anyway. Yeah, I couldn't get Twitter up in time. Oh uh, well. <laughs> we'll have to learn to find a way to live without it. Anyway. Very shortly, the world is gonna learn the value of analog. We've automated so many things and put so many things out there to be run by autonomous systems that uh, get out there and run it uh, in, in a timely manner, right, on, on a schedule, right? Um, and I'll give you a really good example. I have Maestro sitting at the control board right now. Now, he has these automated services and everything there, but because... It has to have an analog there to make sure everything executes correctly. We'll never be able to do without Maestro. Yep. He is the check against when the machine loses it. Because the machine will lose it. They always hiccup. And machines don't know how to get back up and keep running. When they hiccup, they just go, Poof, stop. Yep, it takes a person. Yes. So that, 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 that day will never come to where I'm just sitting here and I, there's nobody on that end on, that, uh, on the other side or when I go into the studio or whatever. So that day is never going to come. And it's going to be the same with everything else. Everything that we have automated today, all the pipelines, all the communications, all, all everything that you can think of, that's all. First of all, our, our, our grid is absolutely uh, – it's, 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 it's senile. The grid is senile. It is it, – it needs updating right now. We're not doing anything to do it. We spent seven and a half billion dollars. I think I think I read somewhere it would cost fourteen billion dollars to update the. Uh, maybe it was forty. I don't know, but whatever it was, I know we spent seven and a half billion dollars to build 
EV charging stations. We've been built one in Pennsylvania so far. So obviously those things cost more than we should be investing in. Now, the reason I say this, we're, we're looking at things now and things are beginning to come full circle. In the, in the 1970s, we saw the blue cap, uh, blue collar factory type job go offshore or automation gobbled it up. And auto companies laid off workers by the thousands and they sent the factories to Canada and Mexico. In 1977, Youngstown uh, Sheet and Tube laid off 5,000 workers. Within months, U.S. Steel had shut down 16 plants and Jones McLaughlin laid off further thousands. And this went on for decades through industry after industry with everything from textiles to semiconductor manufacturing closing or moving offshore. Which means now we have to be concerned about the supply chain. Where on one end, we've got California where they've gone completely electric on all of their transportation, which means it's never going to get out of California. And in these other places where we have all of these high, you know, these pirates of the seas that are out there right now, as we find ourselves happening all over the place, uh, a lot of bad actors out there that are going to disrupt things. Then there is Robert B. Reichshaw, as a Rush Limbaugh used to call him. He declared the future belonged to the symbolic analysts, people who work with their brains and not their hands. Uh, try using your brain to unload a truck. It just doesn't happen. you got to use your hands. And the worm has turned now. Google is looking at laying off 30,000 people it expects to replace with artificial intelligence. I'm being told on the, uh, I'm being told uh, computers can and do restart on error correction. have done so for years. Good. Uh, what I'm talking about is not necessarily them turning off and restarting themselves. I'm talking about something going wrong, which if you want to tell me computers don't go wrong, uh, you are definitely stuck, stuck in the 60s, okay? Computers go wrong all the time. I had three of them happen yesterday, just doing what I do. Happens in here all the time. Happens in there all the time. We'll get up there. Uh, every day, Tim will send me a list of things that are going to happen, and automation is supposed to work, and I'm supposed to insert myself in the middle of it, and it will miss it, won't it? It'll just it'll just go right by me. It'll what? just go right by me, and then we have to stop it and slow it down, and then i got to get in there. If I don't catch it in time. If, if I catch you, it in time, we don't have to worry about it. Because computers are a friend. Yeah, you can't trust them. So... AI is coming, and AI is going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be getting rid of some of these deep thinkers. AI can generate art on demand. They can, uh, you know, they can write press releases and ad copy and catalog descriptions. The only reason I don't use it is because, uh, well, I'm better. The analog is better in the long run. I have a friend named Mark Walters. He comes on this show regularly. Uh, somebody asked something to write AI asked AI to write something about him, and he's getting ready to win a lawsuit against the AI writer because of what it put together. Now, chat GBT, uh, GPT-4 has demonstrated human-level performance in many benchmarks, and uh, people are staying pretty much the same. Now, sometimes the problem here is that when you're playing on AI's turf, you're playing on their turf. When you deal with ideas and data and symbols, you're working with bits. AI is pretty good at that. But AI lacks one thing that, and I'm sure the computer geek guy is going to say, oh, no, that's not true either. You don't know. AI lacks 
empathy. AI lacks imagination. And it turns out that using your brain and not your hands isn't as good a move as it may have once seemed. Because people who work with their hands, when all of this goes away, which there are actors out there right now today who are trying to formulate plans to pop a EMP overhead, and then all of this really cool, groovy stuff is just going to be a bunch of cool, groovy stuff-shaped paperweights. And then only the analog is going to work. And, uh, you know, people that know how to work with their hands, they're going to be okay. If you want something done in the material world today, you're still going to need people. And uh, a lot of people are getting out of traditional college and going to the trades, the welders, the plumbers, the HVAC guys. That's probably smart because AI will not be able to replace those jobs. Robots will one day, but we're nowhere near that close. So a lot of white-collar workers are likely to be replaced by machines soon. And the blue-collar worker, you guys are about to make a big comeback. And... I don't know. We could tell the out-of-work analyst to learn how to plumb. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when, we, when we were told to learn how to code, we accused them of hate speech. But when you lay off a tradesman, you're losing something that you cannot replace with AI. Cannot replace it. Going to be joined by Kevin Stockland next. From Epic Times filmmaker Kevin Stockland. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm streaming every way known under the sun. Joining me now from Epic Times is Kevin Stockland. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing? I, I, I'm very intrigued with something that you've come out with. You, you and Epic Times have been taking a look at these things. And some of these publicly traded companies, like, say, Apple, that have decided to get out there and pick winners and losers when it comes to apps and various things, sort of censoring what they will and will not take. Uh, you, you're looking at the stockholders, and the stockholders are beginning to notice this and make demands, aren't they? Yeah, I, uh, I think 2024 is going to be a year uh, where the shareholders are starting to stand up for themselves. Uh, they've lost a ton of money uh, with a lot of these companies that are jumping into various uh, woke adventures. And they're starting to say they've had enough. So have we seen any, any, any sort of solid results on that yet where they, they're, we're beginning to see a shift in that? Well, you know, the three cases that I've been looking at uh, over the last couple of weeks have been Apple, Target, and Disney. Now, Disney's interesting because um, they have just – their lawyers have now just forced them to put out a risk factor in their SEC filings 
that says that their uh, left-wing ideology and some of their sexualization of content for children is costing them subscribers, it's costing them sales, and it could hurt the, the share price. So this is effectively uh, now uh, an admission that what they're doing is risky for the shareholders, and that could create potentially some liabilities for management that continues to go down that path. Um, there's not been a response from Target uh, or Apple to those shareholder actions yet, trying to hold them accountable, but we'll see what comes out of it. Now, does China have Apple over a barrel? What kind of influence do they have over Apple? Because most of their hardware gets made there, right? Yeah, so this is what shareholders are. They're really alleging two things. One, that uh, Apple is discriminating against conservatives and religious people in terms of canceling or taking down apps from their app store. Um, they have a very arbitrary process for deciding what they take down and what they allow. Uh, that can include things that they find, quote, unquote, creepy, uh, so whatever that may be. But they're also uh, they're also alleging that uh, they are uh, eagerly caving to Chinese demands from the Chinese Communist Party that they take down things like uh, apps for the Bible or other religious things that they just the Chinese Communist Party doesn't want. Now, Target, on the other hand, which is Target, I'm, I'm not aware of Target being as, you know, with Apple, it's always been Tim Cook or Steve Jobs. It's always been, we've looked at management as just one guy with Apple. With Target, that's that's a little more of a group and everything. They sort of went malfeasant, didn't they? I mean, if their fiduciary duty is a public company is to make money for their shareholders, they sort of went the other way, didn't they? Well, that's what the shareholders are saying. So they're demanding that management explain to them why this campaign for uh, transgender clothing for children that Target launched, uh, why that was good for shareholders, why that was good for sales, what was the logic, what was the strategy there. They're demanding answers from management to explain to shareholders uh, who have lost a ton of money now why they thought this was a good idea. Well, it's $25 billion in market capitalization. How, much, how long did it take them to build that? Do we know? Yeah, I don't. It's a great question. But I think, you know, we are seeing companies less Apple, but certainly Disney, certainly Target, absolutely Anheuser-Busch, where shareholders have just taken an absolute bath. Management doesn't lose any money on this, but shareholders do. And, and I, we are now starting to see shareholders demanding answers from management really for the first time. Well, I mean, like when you talk about Anheuser-Busch, I was in the route delivery business and the last person to touch the beer in the company of uh whoever makes the beer is going to be the route guy. And with, with, with Anheuser-Busch, when they did their little Bud Light thing with Dylan Mulvaney, uh, the Bud Light was, uh, it was, it was not flying off the shelf. So that impacted the bottom line of the guy delivering the beer. Cause he gets paid off commission. Um, is Anheuser-Busch, is that owned by some public entity that there's shareholders for that as well? Do they face the same sort of backlash? Well, yeah, I mean, so as you say, a lot of jobs here are at stake and people that had nothing to do with it. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is, has been bought by InBev, which uh, is a European company, so they are now a subsidiary of that. But, um, you know, again, it comes down to uh, how does management make these decisions? Shareholders are now asking for answers. What I find interesting about all this is now that companies' lawyers are making them disclose that these activities are actually creating risks for shareholders, if management continues to do that, even though they've admitted that they're risking shareholders' money, uh, could that create some sort of personal liability for management? 
courts have always sided with management uh, as long as management can say, hey, we acted in good faith. We thought right. it was a good idea. We're doing right. our best. But now that they've come out and they've said, oh, we're actually gambling, gambling with shareholders' money, uh, and they've disclosed, disclosed that in their SEC filings, does that create a liability? It'll be interesting to see. Do you think that a lot of these companies, if they, if they continue to do what they're doing, could they? a lot of them look like the NRA, where the NRA, you got LaPierre and all these other guys admitting what they did, and it's going to look like a completely different thing when it comes out the other end. Would that happen to these companies as well? You know, it's very possible. So, you know, uh, shareholders, uh, all the pressure up to this point has really come from the left. And this is the first time that we're now seeing shareholders on the right or just shareholders that are fed up with losing money yeah. starting to stand up and speak for themselves. So we'll see what comes out of this. But I, I, I think a, a lot of this could end up in the courts, not to mention the fact that all of these DEI initiatives are also being challenged in courts for violating civil rights laws. So you're creating lawsuit liabilities for these companies as well. So you can throw that in the mix. I, I think it's going to be an interesting year. Are you going to, by chance, take a look at America or United Airlines with their new hiring policy for pilots with their DEI standards? Are you going to take a look at that? I, I would love for you to do that because, uh, you know, it's one thing to go and, and you know, I, I use the I use the comparison of a DEI diversity hire at Lululemon, you know, me buying my yoga pants at Lululemon. It's one thing to put it with that guy, but if it's going to be somebody flying me through through the friendly skies, I want Neil Armstrong on the sticks. I want Sully. I don't want some guy that, you know, just checks the boxes. Yeah, you know, I have reported on that. Um, you know, there, there are legal actions coming out. So quotas are illegal uh, under U.S. civil rights laws. You can't discriminate uh, against people on the basis of race. Now, it's one thing if you're target and you say, hey, we lost some sales. But if you crash an airplane and there are deaths and people can make a case that, you know, that pilot was less qualified and you hired him on the basis of his skin color or her gender, whatever, um, those kind of lawsuits can get into the billions of dollars. But that, that's going to sting a whole lot more. I've been watching this and I went out and bought my own private plane. It's a Ford F-150 pickup truck. That's where I'm flying from here on out. That's what I'm flying <laughs> Kevin uh, right. Kevin Stocklin is a writer, film producer, and former investment banker. He produ wrote and produced We All Fall Down, The American Mortgage Crisis, a 2008 documentary on the collapse of the U.S. mortgage finance system. He also does a bunch of stuff with Epic Times, and he hits, he hits the points that I see nobody else heading. So thank you very much for joining me this morning, sir. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Kevin Stocklin. When we get back, uh, you know, is the Republican primary all over except for the shouting? That's Is that the question? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. In politics, perception is everything. So everybody tries to put forward to you this perception of them coming at you from a position of strength. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. The only thing we're not streaming on today is uh, MySpace. Everything else we're streaming on. Looking at the Iowa caucus, a lot of people are already saying, well, Trump's got it sewn up. 
The only problem with that is he has not secured all of the delicates necessary to actually have it sewn up. But it begins the trend. Now, Nikki Haley's out there, and she's got the governor of New Hampshire behind her. And uh, she's got she got a lot of money being spent on advertising. And when you and, and let me once again drive this point home. Whenever you hear about people contributing to a politician, all that money goes to is advertising and administration of the campaign. That's it. Uh, they do build up something called a war chest of money they don't spend, but it's not going out. And just because they bring in a lot of money, that doesn't mean that it is a foregone conclusion they're going to win anything. Now. Right now, I just look. I looked at a poll where they have Trump and Haley both at forty percent, and I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. DeSantis is at four in New Hampshire, really. Haley's just that good in New Hampshire. Uh, she probably would have done better as a New Hampshire governor, I guess, than a South Carolinian governor because she's putting a lot of eggs in the basket of New Hampshire and South Carolina. Now, on the average, based on 43 polls surveying the race, Trump leads Haley by 8%. And while she can get out there, and let's say, let's, I'll, play, I'll play the stupid game, and I'll go, okay. So Trump beats her by 8%. Only 8%. Well, that's still, that means she still loses. Now, the other thing they're doing is they're they're trying to make they're trying to make hay out of the fact that Trump has not participated in any debates. Trump is running as an incumbent. That's his strategy. He's running as an incumbent. So no, he would not be debating these people uh, to get out there and, and you know because he's already a known quantity. Now Haley's a known quantity. DeSantis is a known quantity. However. As the immortal Ric Flair used to say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And so far, nobody's getting out there hard enough and encroaching on him enough to actually, you know, mount a really serious challenge to him. In the last debate that Haley took in, took in uh, DeSantis, according to uh, Daily Mail poll, found that 55% of viewers said that DeSantis won, 31% said Haley had won. When... Uh, when DeSantis was fighting the DEI initiatives and the transgender force feeding of uh, Disney, Haley got out there and said, come to South Carolina. We don't mind if you do that. Nikki Haley's gotten out there and said, the only people I'm going to debate might be Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Uh, well, Joe Biden isn't going to debate her. Not just because she's unlikely to beat Trump, but because Joe, Joe Biden doesn't have enough brain cells left to rub together to fire off a neuron. And he's just as likely to try and sniff Nikki Haley as, he's, as he is to debate her because she has long hair. He likes that. In fact, he won't be debating Trump. They'll say that we don't want him debate. We don't want the president debating anybody in a criminal indictment. So why are they staying in the race? And this comes down to what uh, Donald Rumsfeld said, the known knowns, the known unknowns. And the unknown unknowns. Just saying that makes my brain hurt. And, and this is just about contingency, right? One of the things uh, is the Trump legal cases. Then there's Trump's current state of health. We don't know about the threats against him. We don't know if he's actually going to be kept off any state ballots, although we'll know shortly. And we, you know, we, we just wit we witnessed a black swan event in 2020. And we, there's no way to predict another black swan event, whether it's going to occur or not. 
And we, I would love to know what the contingency plan of the RNC is in the event of this happening. We also don't know if Joe Biden's going to live through November. I mean, Joe Biden can't walk across level ground without tripping, and he has to go upstairs all the time. We might be, you know, we might see a moment between now and November of 2024 where we're saying President Kamala Harris. And that creates an entirely new situation for the Republican Party. The DeSantis, the, excuse me, the DeSantis and Haley camps are considering all of the unknown unknowns. But I mean, the theft of the election would not have been possible without COVID. And yes, I know, I know the role Trump played in COVID, except COVID is not present this time. And it's not going to be present. And the, the triple-demic's not going to be present. None, none of the things that, they, that induced fear that time that made everything else possible is the, the, the main precipitator's not going to be there. So right now, if you're just looking at the numbers, it looks to be uh, close to being over, but never count your chickens before they hatch. I hope Trump's not sitting back going, ah, well, of course, we're cruising to victory. Beware the unknown unknowns, because they're always uh, they're always present, and we always need to be taking a really, really serious look at them and continue and you know considering them as they come up. They're putting out uh, trigger warnings now with uh, James Bond movies. Is this the end of civilization as I know it? This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 